Yeah. Um, someone in my family has been cutting hair on Main Street in Homesdale since 1890. Wow. I have some pictures in my barbershop of the history, and the one is dated 1894. But uh, we have been in the location we're at uh, for 58 years. That's amazing. Yes. I started with my dad and my uncle in 1990, and it was very difficult because the men coming in is, oh, my gosh, there's a woman in the barbershop. <laughs> and it was hard at first. Because they just, you know, weren't used to that. Um, but I slowly won them over. So you, you grew up with this. You were, you were there. I did. I would sit on the the stone wall here in the barbershop in front in the front uh, window, and I would watch my dad and my uncle, and just amazed at how many people knew them and how many people they knew, and just the conversations. It really wasn't so much about the haircut. I mean, that happened. It was all of the talking and all of the community, just the feeling of it. And people would come and go, and then they'd bring their kids in, and then they'd bring their grandkids in. And, I mean, if these walls could talk, you know, and I just was so grateful to be present for that because it just really um, made me want to do that. I just wanted to be a part of it, the, the part of the hum of the community. Growing up there, did you ever think you'd be taking over one day? Oh, gosh. Not when I was a little girl. No. I wanted, I kind of wanted to strike out on my own. I, would, I had a cosmetology license, and I was going to show them that I, and I did. I worked five years in a salon um, in the um, J.C. Penney styling salon, and I was one of the, uh, her really good work. Best girl, she told me when I left. She was horrified that I was leaving. And I just thought, you know what? I want to come back to my hometown. I, I had just had my daughter, and I just wanted to raise her in a place where that was home to me. So my husband and I moved back here when she was three years old, and um, she now owns a business on Main Street. So it's funny how, you know, we all come back kind of like to where we know and where we're comfortable, you know, to raise our families. So, yeah, it's um, it's been uh, quite a ride. <laughs> you talk about encountering folks, customers coming in when you were there uh, for starting out, uh, maybe a little sexism there. How did you disarm yes. them? How did you combat that? Um, it was difficult because my father thought in his own mind She's got to handle this on her own. And I did. I, you know, I, I tried to be sweet. And sometimes I, I didn't. Sometimes I just kind of let them know, look, it, you might talk to your wife like that at home, but you're not talking to me like that. <laughs> I mean, some things. I mean, I had to show them there was a new sheriff in town. <laughs> so. do, you, do you remember anybody particularly uh, memorable in that regard? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I won't use names. He wanted a particular man barber, and um, he wasn't there. His wife had died, and I said, you're going to have to wait for when he comes back. And he called me some expletives. And I said, listen, you're going to leave because you're not going to talk to me like that, and you're not welcome back here. So when the gentleman came in who was going to cut his hair, I, I put the $10 or whatever the price of the haircut was on the counter, and I said, here's the haircut. For this gentleman's hair, he's no longer welcomed in my shop. And so then that was it. But then this gentleman tried to come back in. 
And he sat and waited 45 minutes for Bob to cut his hair. And then when it was his turn, I said, wait a minute. You weren't nice to me the last time you were in here. You either apologize or you're leaving. And then he finally turned red and said, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I said, because I can't have people calling me up when they come in the shop. And I said, you better be on your best behavior when you come in here or you're not welcome. And then that was it. And he came in a couple more times and then he stopped coming in. I don't know what happened to him. God, God rest his soul because... But it was funny. I thought, I, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm sorry. My husband doesn't talk to me like that. And I'm, yeah, you certainly aren't. So, yeah, <laughs> that was the one memorable thing. <laughs> Your given name is Michelle, but everyone calls you Mick. It's Mick's Barbershop. Yes. How did Mick, the nickname, come about? Well, my dad, when I was little, he always called me his little Mickey. And I figured that when I was taking over, my husband, who is the design guru of my um, branding, said, why don't we drop the I and just have it mixed so that it's more gender neutral so that people who do, who might have an issue, would come in and see the shop and see your work and meet you and just be charmed. And so that's what we did. And you took over. And and I've been going ever since. (laughs) And when did you take over from your dad? When did he retire? Um, they, uh, he and my uncle both really wanted to retire. And so they, um, they both left in 2004. Um, my dad would come back in the mornings just to make sure everything was going well. And then he did retire in 2006 because he had open heart surgery and he wanted to do other things, but he did come back and he was 88 years old when I had my breast cancer in 2017 and he would open up the shop with the girls and just get things going and then bring me the mail and tell me who he saw to try to cheer me up. But, um, yeah, he was he came back when he was 88, and uh, we just lost him last year. He was 93. So oh, um, he was very proud of me, he told me. Oh. <laughs> so that was nice. That, um, But I knew it. I could tell. You mentioned your breast cancer. It has been part of your life. Yes. Uh, you've survived it. I understand that there's a recurrence. Yes, I'm I'm now an active metastatic. So, you know, I do what I can. I come in because it really gives me energy. I'm here about two days a week and people can call the shop to make appointments because I'm the only one that shaves. So I'm hoping people will get their Valentine gift certificate for one of my fabulous spa shaves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I it, people give me energy and it's good for me. It's good for my health. It gives me joy. And that's what I'm doing right now is I'm filling my life with things that matter and people that matter. So um, joy is on the top of the list. You took this original diagnosis and created a fundraiser, Buzz Off Cancer, to just convert this yeah. into something more positive. Can you talk a little bit about that? You raised a lot of money. Yeah, well, we started the Buzz Off in 2011, actually. And every other year we had one. And I had the Buzz Off in June, and then I was diagnosed in August which was a real blow because here I was raising cancer funds, you know, never thinking that I would ever have cancer. And um, we did have another one in 2019 and it was really nice to get back to it. Um, And then COVID hit. And then I've just been concentrating on my health and my family and just trying to um, stay alive, you know, because the metastatic is, it is a full-time job. 
um, to every all the doctor's appointments and all the health um, things that you have to do should keep your body in good shape to handle the medicine. So, um, yeah, I exercise a lot more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> but they say it's good for my health, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> your personality and your joy just comes right through. I'm, you know, we don't, we're not looking at each other now. I'm just listening to you and folks listening to you right now are hearing this joy. But, you know, during this time, how do you, how do you manage that? What, what is it that motivates you? Oh God, um, people, they inspire me. I just, you know, I, uh, I, I have, my circle has gotten smaller, uh, with people that I allow in it, but everybody who I have in my circle, that's, that's, um, cheering for me. Um, I just, I feel joy and love from them and that can only bring me to a wonderful place in my life with all the, you know, the stress of going through this. I just, and that's why I come to work. People come in. I have people who just stop in. Oh my gosh, she's here. And they give me a hug and then they go on with their day. I mean, why, how could I not want to come to work? You really continue to maintain this institution of this barbershop and, and now Mix Barbershop on Main Street. Like you said, this community hub, this place. Yes. Yes, where people can meet. And they tell me about their cancer struggles. And we talk and we commiserate together. And we give each other tips on how we manage. And, um, yeah, it's um, it's just good to be there for each other. You know, good humans are still out there. There are a lot of great historical photos on your website, mixbarbershop.com. And one that kind of strikes me is something we've been talking about with you and your family. I think it's it's your dad and uncle, and there's a third gentleman. You're in the middle, and it just kind of yeah, represents the... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Bob. I, I'm trying to think. Gosh, I was probably 27 in that picture. <laughs> I was a youngster. Yeah, but they took me in, and, and I, I learned an awful lot from them. I learned an awful lot from them, um, and I'm uh, grateful, you know, um, to have, you know, um, inherited the legacy of uh, Bill and Jim's Barbershop, and I brought it to that next level. So You're keeping on, and um, what do you want folks yes, to— Yes, and I'm keeping on, keeping on. What do you want folks to, to know about, you know, Mixed Barbershop and the community there? Um. Gosh, you know, it's funny how people are just walk, they walk on the street and they pop in their heads or we're out, you know, watering the flowers or whatever. And they'll ask us, everybody comes to the barbershop to see what's new in town. So if you ever want to know anything, come to the barbershop. <laughs> we usually know. And if we don't know, we will find out for you. I'm going to send some of our <laughs> news producers over there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I have flyers and People give me maps to their, you know, hiking things. And we, you know, I had some people um, yesterday that they were Airbnb in, in Holly and they wanted to know about these different stores and where was a good hike. And, you know, and I shook their hands and it was like I was like the, um, I don't know, not the mayor. I don't want to say that, but I was like the tour guide. And it was so fun. I just love talking to people. I also see all this picture of you online, too, wearing this necklace that says, be kind. I think that just sort of oh. represents you and who your, yes, your energy and who you it are. It really does. We are welcoming. We are inclusive to all people. You know, it doesn't matter who you love or who you are or what gender you are or not. You know, we just 
welcome everybody because everybody has a place at the table. You know, I wrap up these interviews by telling people who we've been talking to, and I always use their first and last name, but I don't think I've ever called you Michelle. (laughs) Yeah, but that is my birth name, but you can call me Mick. I don't care. I go by anything. Well, we've been talking to— don't call me late for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking to Michelle Frigoletto Mick from Mick's Barbershop in Honesdale. Mick, thank you so much for talking to us today. Thanks so much, Tim. I really appreciate it. You have a great day.